Hey, did you see that link I sent you? Not yet. Oh, dude, he's hilarious. He's okay. I saw him in Vegas once. He was all right. Dude, his new stuff is too funny. I learned a lot from him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's no wonder the guy doesn't need a day job anymore. Day job? I don't have a day job. Be quiet. I'm serious. I put my wife to work. Oh, yeah, that'll be the day. <laughs> That's a clip from the movie our Life to Life media group put together called Sometimes It's Funny. And in, in the clip, you see very different attitudes toward the more successful comedian. Zach, the guy on the couch throwing the, the thing up in the air and catching it, um, he downplays the talent of the guy, sort of make himself feel better about him. And Al, however, is eager to learn from him. He's, he's okay with his success, and he's just trying to learn what he can from him. It turns out that... Being teachable is a very important attitude in our lives. We're looking in this message series at five attitudes that God promises to bless in an unusual way in the Scripture. These attitudes really help you move toward success. They help you make progress in life in the right way. Uh, An attitude is a mental or emotional preset that you choose to approach life with. You use it in your relationships and life as you tackle challenges and, and um, problems. There, there are five, as I said, that God blesses. Uh, fear of the Lord is the first one. It's not a phrase we use in, in our normal vernacular, but fear of the Lord means that you, you take God seriously, and so you live inside the limits that he has created for life. And so if you're going to live inside the limits God created, that limits you. And you have to trust him then, which is attitude number two, trust in the Lord. You have to trust him to come through with what he's promised to provide. The third attitude we looked at last week was humility. Again, not a real, it's not high on our list in America of qualities we're trying to develop. But a very, very important attitude. Because it's the way to honor. It's the way we learn. It's the way we understand. And so it plays an important part in the attitude that we're looking at today, which is teachability. Um, Here's Merriam-Webster's definition of, of teachable. First of all, capable of being taught. Another angle is apt and willing to learn. Able to learn and willing to learn. And then favorable to teaching. Almost all human beings are able to learn. Uh, almost all. Now, animals, they're not. It was, they can learn a few things, but it would be silly to try to teach a dog algebra. You know, you just don't, you don't waste your time doing that. They can't learn that. Human beings can learn. The rub comes, the stick comes when we try to, to set our heart to learn things. The willingness part. Notice the definition, able and willing to learn. Willing is where we get hung up. Are we willing to learn this aspect of life? Especially when it comes to the stuff that really matters. When it comes to the important areas of life, like how to relate to your husband or how to relate to your... You know, we we just want to relate the way we want to relate. We don't want to be instructed on how to do that or how to parent your kids or or how to get a handle on time management. 
oh, you know, I, I don't want to say no to the stuff that I want to do if I say yes to the, you know, it, and pretty simple rule in time management, you say yes to this, you should say no to something else or you keep stacking things up and life's out of control. But I don't want to say no to that. I don't want to say no to the lesser important stuff to do the more important stuff, the stuff that really counts. Um, that's, that's the hard stuff, to, to be willing to learn and to change and to shift our attitudes. That's, that's where it gets a little rough. Learning about what interests you, totally different, you know, cars, get the magazines, you're learning everything you can, you watch the car shows, you, that's easy if that's your interest, or home decor, and you get... Again, magazines, TV, you're just soaking it in. That's, that's fun. That's not a problem. But, but the stuff that requires me to change, different matter. That's harder. I've got to be willing to work through that stuff. I've got to be willing to change and learn to do what doesn't come naturally. That's, that's harder. That's why this is so important. Here are some real advantages to teachability. Before we move on, first one, growing wisdom. Wisdom is very important in life because it helps you learn how to handle life from God's perspective and make the right kind of progress. Proverbs 19, listen to advice and accept instruction. And in the end, you will be wise. That word instruction in the Hebrew is the word musar, M-U-W-C-A-R. That's not how we would spell it. You know, not like moo like the cow, but... M-U-W. So, but that word is instruction with a corrective edge to it, like a coach gives. You go to a basketball practice, what's the coach doing? No, that's not right. You've got to do it this way. No, you're not in the right place. You've got to be there. They're, they're correct. They're, they're coaching. That's what coaching is. You're, you're working through stuff in the practice, so when, when it really matters, you'll, you'll do better. That's the idea behind that word instruction there. Corrective. It has a corrective edge to it. Education is what we're used to in America. That's more what we're doing now. I'm teaching you. There's some notes that I'm working through. And you, you could take notes if you want. Just write some things down so you can remember them. That's, that's more what we're doing. That's what we do in the classroom. Wisdom doesn't grow in a classroom setting. Wisdom grows in practice. In the middle of life like a laboratory where you're practicing the stuff that you hear in Scripture and you're trying to learn how to live it out. That's where wisdom grows. Wisdom is being able to take the truth that you find in Scripture and get it into the way you live your life. And as you do that, wisdom gives you the ability to see an opportunity and know the timing and the steps to take to make the most of that opportunity. That's, that's wisdom. And that applies in all areas, in, in the way you handle your family life, your, your marriage, your parenting, in the way you approach your work, your studies. Wisdom is knowing how to order things and take steps to make the right kind of progress. So it's a very important deal. But it, we learn that in the midst of life. You know, to be instructed in our world is to be judged. That's how it feels, too. It feels that we're, we're being judged. It feels like the person instructing us is saying we're stupid. 
So it actually offends our the way we're wired natively on the inside. You know, you think I'm stupid? No, they they don't necessarily think you're stupid. They just don't think you know everything. <laughs> and maybe you're not applying everything the way that you should. So that's why humility is so important for this attitude. Because you find you have to keep choosing humility if if God, who is actually trying to, to grow us and change us and teach us, if he's going to be successful at that, I've got to cooperate with him. And that means I've got to say, you know, God, that was wrong. You're right. That was off base. That was, I don't know what I was thinking. And, and as wisdom tries to teach us, as God tries to teach us the wisdom that we need, I've got to keep saying, boy, I was wrong. That's right. You're right. And, and so it requires humility. I don't know everything, and I need some coaching in the most important areas of my life. Parenting is one of those. In, a, in our society, we, we have this knee-jerk reaction. Don't tell me how to raise my kid. Just don't do it. But if you have that resistance to that kind of stretch, instruction, then you miss all the learning that could happen from the people who've done it and done it well. Teachability is the only real shortcut in life. And this applies to all areas. The only legitimate shortcut. And it's important to learn from the experience of others so that you don't have to learn the hard way. In areas like parenting, it's crucial because, you know, when they're 18 and leaving the house, it's too late to go back and have a do-over. So it's important to learn now what you can. Learn everything you can. So here is another benefit. Growing wisdom is the first one. Increasing respect is another one. Proverbs 13. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. If you learn to accept correction and make adjustments in the way you live and change, then over time you begin to grow and the people around you begin to honor you. They respect you for who you're becoming. Another benefit is protection from pitfalls. He who obeys instructions guards his life. Many times we either choose to listen to the instruction or the advice or the correction or take our lumps. We either listen to what they're saying or we feel the pain of it. We can either learn through the teaching or the pain. There's two ways. Or we can keep experiencing the pain and never learn from it. That's foolish. That's folly. It's important to learn from someone who's been there uh, so you can avoid the traps and the potential problems. And uh, it's also important to get warning signs from those who've messed up. And they're saying, you know, this is what I did. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't the best. So that's a warning sign. Listen to that. Protections in that for you. Then finally, freedom is another real advantage of being teachable. Jesus in John 8, he lays out one of the key characteristics of what it means to be a follower of his. Jesus said to the people who had believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It's this, this is what it means to, to follow Christ. You, you take his truth, you take his teachings, you take 
the principles in the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, and you try to get it into your life. Now, it's very easy to veer away from those things, to veer off course from that teaching. So it takes practice. It, this takes practice to, to learn to live this out because we're battling old attitudes and mental habits. And so we hear what the Scripture says, we read what it says, or we hear what it says, or we're studying it, we're trying to get our understanding of what's going on there. And our negative patterns of thinking and ways of thinking and habits and and things, they, they enslave us to our old way of life. Actually, Ephesians 2 talks about that. A major mark of a person who follows Christ is that They hear his teachings, and then they try to do everything they can to remain faithful to them in the way they live. We need God's help for that. But in the doing is the freedom, not just the hearing, not just hearing the principles, not just seeing what the Scripture says and knowing it, but doing it, you find the freedom. That's what James 1 says, it. it says it here. It's what Jesus is saying. It says in James 1. That's, that's where the action is, because we're enslaved to these mental habit patterns that we get into. Here's some ways that we dodge instruction. In the outline, it says ways to dodge instruction. This is not a, I'm not trying to train you in dodging it, but here's the ways that we do it. This is what we do. And before I get into the different ways that we do it, um, I'd like to... This verse isn't in your outline, it's not on the screen. But in Proverbs 1, wisdom is personified. Wisdom's like becomes a person, and wisdom's talking. And it's interesting because wisdom, it says, is shouting aloud in the streets. Not in the classroom, but in the streets. That's where you learn how life works. And this is what she says. If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. And that's the way it works. We gain wisdom. Wisdom is poured out to us if we respond to the corrections that come our way, to the instruction and the advice that sometimes can feel like a beating. Wisdom's approach to us is usually through correction because we have these habits of the mind that need to change. And God knows, and that's why he's built in these learning opportunities all across the board in life. He knows that if our thought patterns don't change, we don't change. We just live the same day over and over again, the same week, the same year. We never change because we're not thinking differently about life. Now, here are some of the habits that we get stuck on in our mind. One of them is this. You you may have heard yourself say this or someone else. You know what? Why are you asking me to do that? This is what I do. This is who I am. This is the way I do life. Why why are you bringing that up? We get stuck there. Or the enemy is out there. The problem. It's out there. It's not with me. It's, It's... this, it's, maybe it's the person I married, or it's, it's the, the struggle I'm having, or 
the trouble I'm going through or something that's gone on. But the problem is out there. It's not, it's not in here. Uh, another thought is this event, either some kind of trouble that you've had or some kind of trouble that you're having, or maybe someone close to you has died. There's been some traumatic event, and, and there, are, there is trauma that's very hard to get over. But you don't have to let that hang you up. But sometimes we get into this pattern and say, this event is keeping me from having the life that I really want to have. This is, this is hanging me up. This is the source of the problem. Not me. It's not me. But it's this thing that's happened in my past. Another thing we do is, is we say, to make it in life, everybody knows that you have to fill in the blank. And the blank is filled in with something that's contrary to Scripture. Everybody knows to make it, you have to do that. And you bust through the limits that God's provided, and you, you don't experience the life he's promised. Another thing we do is we submit to leaders that we don't know personally. In other words, you know, there's spiritual, there's very popular spiritual leaders who write books and do things, and they are very helpful men and women who, who lay out these principles that we can learn from. But if they're not around me, then they don't know what's going on, and they can't really speak into my life to challenge me on some thinking and things. And so I'm going to submit to them, but not the ones that are right here. And so we, we miss the help that can be given from those around us. Because, you know, those guys, they never correct me. Those people I don't know, they never correct me. And I can listen to their words and I can filter their words very easily to, to help me move on. So these kind of mental habits, this is the kind of thing we do, they ruin us. They ruin our lives because we're just stuck on that track. And wisdom approaches us to try to help us change through the correction that God brings in life, through people, through the problems that we're struggling through, the challenges that we're facing. God brings correction, and it doesn't pump us up. You know, it's just not, it feels like a beating. But how we respond to that advice, to that instruction, to the correction of life is going to determine whether or not we change our habits and whether or not we make progress in the right kind of way. So since that feels bad, though, we come up with ways to dodge instruction because sometimes we'd rather do anything than face the music, or feel the pain. We'd rather do anything. One of the things we do is just flat ignore it. Proverbs 13, who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. Proverbs 15, if you ignore discipline, the person who ignores discipline despises himself. Some real problems with just flat ignoring it. You know, we somebody gives us some advice, we go to them, we ask for help, and we just... I don't think they really understood what I was saying. They didn't really understand. They don't know me. They don't know my situation. So we put it on the shelf. That hurts you, is what these verses are saying. Another thing we do is we're wise in our own eyes. Being wise in your own eyes really hurts. Proverbs 12:15. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 26. The sluggard... 
is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who answer discreetly. To answer discreetly means that you hit the nail on the head. You say just exactly what needs to be said. So the, these men, these seven men, are very wise. They're able to look at a situation and say exactly what would help. A sluggard is wiser. In his, a sluggard doesn't want to do anything. Sluggo. And they're lazy. So they don't, they don't want to do anything. And so they just, one of the ways they react to advice and instruction and correction is, well, they, I know better than them. They don't know what they're talking about. And that ends up hurting you. It, it really causes pain. The Bible says there's more hope for a fool than for someone who is wise in their own eyes. And the Bible gives very little hope for a fool. <laughs> there's more hope for them than someone who's wise in their own eyes. Uh, the last thing we do is we resist the instruction or the correction. Proverbs 29.1. A man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be re- destroyed without remedy. You know, you, you guide a horse by turning his neck or her neck one way or the other, and a stiff neck will not be turned. I'm not going to get directed. And you end up destroying yourself if you don't allow the advice and correction of life to, to send you in a different direction. Proverbs 28. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. We can get to the point where we just we close off a part of our life or our heart to, to instruction, and we harden ourselves against it, and we pay a price when we do that. I'd like to look at a clip from the movie uh, where Zach, again, uh, is talking about going to a comedy coach. That's the scene we see at the beginning. Is He's talking about going to the comedy coach and what he expects out of that visit with the coach. And then we're going to actually watch the visit with the coach after that. And then we'll talk about what we can pull out of the scene. expert on comic theory, blah, blah, blah. He's probably a hack, but I think he knows people, and i got to meet him. Really? Oh, yeah. So you're going to get some advice, some training, that kind of thing? Yeah. Hey, sweet. To success. So do you want me to tell you a joke or something to get us started? Maybe give you a taste? All in good time. My uncle's a crazy guy. He tried to mute his wife with the remote. It got quiet. He got excited. Turns out she'd gone outside to get the mail. Look, I'd like to be... Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Little animals freak me out. They always have. I mean, trouble is, they, they, they knew it. They sensed my fear and took advantage of it. Pigeons took my lunch money every day for nine years. Voila. Will you be silent? Sure. <laughs> Are you a comedian? What? I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I am. I'm on the internet. <laughs> yes, I've seen a comic. Well, that's why you're here. Yes. I will try to help you. Awesome. Under my instruction, I plan to make you funny. 
I will need your undivided attention. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I'm already funny. I've got the material, trust me. After this meeting, I'm pretty sure I'll have more. Oh, yes, you will. You will have a profound understanding of theory. No, I was thinking of life experiences that are strange and therefore funny. Do you mind if I take notes? You must take notes. How would anyone otherwise learn? Are you going to be checking my notes? No. Good. This is how it can be with us sometimes. We go to someone for advice or for help, and we already have decided how they need to help us or what kind of help they can give us. We know what we want them to say. We know what we want them to tell us. And so we go into it with a preconceived notion of what kind of advice we want to get, and when we don't get it, we sort of get angry. Maybe not sort of. (laughs) We get angry. And we can blow, and we miss the help we really needed. Yeah, notice how Zach was preoccupied with showing the coach how good he was already. He really didn't want advice. He wanted something else. He wanted connections to people who could help him in his career. So we do that. We go into conversations like that with an agenda, and it hurts us. Here are some keys to being teachable then, what we need to set our hearts on. First of all, let God's word change your mind. Lord is trying to set us free from mental habits that keep us down. So God gives insight from his word to change you, not to help you know more or, or gain some knowledge about certain things. He, he gives us insight to help change us. That's why we do the next steps at the end of the messages. Because we get into the Word, and he wants us to take action as a result of hearing the Word. Romans 12:2. don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's how it works. That's how it happens. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Getting into God's Word is not like going to a spiritual day spa where you're pampered. It doesn't feel like that. It's not like that. It's refreshing, but it's refreshing at a much deeper level because you get into the scripture or you hear it taught and God speaks to you and you know that's what you need to work on and change. And as you as you experience taking the word and living it out and you see the difference it makes, you're refreshed. Oh, that's it. That's what I need to do. That's what God's saying to me. That's what he's trying to communicate. So it's very, very refreshing, but not like a spiritual day spa. You know, getting your nails done and facial and all that. Second, accept corrective instruction. Listen to advice and accept instruction. Proverbs 19. Teaching, advice, correction. It's given, and then you decide what you're going to do with it. Sometimes it bounces off like a rubber ball. But if you really want it to help, You've got to let the seed that's being shared, the truth that's being shared with you, you've got to let it sink in and begin to bear fruit and do something with it. Here's another clip. Last week, we saw Al, who's the other main character in the movie. Uh, Last week, we saw Al humble himself because what did he do? He went out, he spent half, over half of their savings on a TV. His wife, being the level-headed one, responded to that decision and corrected him. 
Well, he humbled himself before his wife and, and apologized and got that straightened out. This clip, we're going to see what he does next. When you're right, you're right. Am I right? People need to stop being so touchy about being wrong. Get over it. Let's have a few laughs and keep moving, okay? Who wants to learn things the hard way? Not me. I've done that enough times already. You trade my heart for just a laugh. Don't think too highly of yourself. I won't take a back seat money. When I'm gone, will you still think it's funny? You know, Al, what do we do? Our, our wife corrects us, our husband corrects us can bounce off. What are they thinking? What are they doing? Al accepted it. He let it sink in and he took the TV back to the store. He made it right. He corrected himself. He chose to to follow it. Um, That's what it means to have a mental and emotional preset toward being teachable. You, You let the correction soak in and then you do something. This is actually the pattern God has in mind for his word. 2 Timothy 3. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Finally, another key to being teachable. Determine to learn from precept more than pain. David in Psalm 119.67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. See, he was he was off doing his own thing outside the limits God has given us, and he got afflicted, and that straightened him out. So the pain brought him back to following God and obeying his word. You know, some kids just have to touch the hot stove, but it hurts, and they learn to stop. So it's better to learn by precept. A better way is through precept. Just getting into God's word and trying to follow it and trying to do what he says. Psalm 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. It's refreshing. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. We get wise by just getting into the word and doing it. Here's a pattern in the Bible for learning. We see it in Ezra's life. Ezra 7.10. In, in Ezra 7.9, it talks about Ezra, the fact that Ezra was very successful in accomplishing the goals that God had given him to accomplish in his life, specifically in leading uh, the people of Israel in some ways. And then it gives us the reason. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it. It takes practice. And to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. If you listen and learn, you you find shortcuts in handling life. It's the only legitimate way. But a major question that is going to determine whether or not you learn from the advice and the instruction and the correction is, how are you going to respond to the advice and correction that seems to ignore your intelligence? How are you going to respond? That, that's going to determine how much progress you make in the right kind of goals. Here are some next steps. I mentioned them earlier. You might want to memorize uh, 
uh, Proverbs 12:15. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Or you may want to aim to accept corrective instruction and not resist it. Sometimes we just write off the correction that people give us, and we don't let it sink in. But, you know, there is a story in the Bible where one of the guys was instructed through a donkey. (laughs) God can use whatever God wants to use to get our attention and to bring correction to us. So we need to consider it. Accept, aim to accept corrective instruction and not resist it. And then finally, maybe one of the steps you want to take is begin to consistently read God's Word and practice it so I learn more from precept than I do from pain. If you'll do that, you'll grow in wisdom. And life will get better and better and better as God uses His Word to instruct you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as the band comes up. Father, we thank You for the help that you give us. You made us. And in spite of our veering off course, you you love us deeply. You sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us to bring us back into a relationship with you. And you still help us in many ways as as we set out to live. And so thank you for the guidance that comes through your word, for the instruction, the advice, the correction. Help us, Lord, to make the most of it and to learn from the things you're teaching us. As we, as you put things in our heart today to do as a result of hearing your word, I pray for the strength to do them, that you really would help us in this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.